0: Well, we're continuing our series we started last week, Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. So, the premise of that whole statement is there is a way to predict what the future is going to look like. And we tend to not do a great job predicting our own future, but we always tend to predict somebody else's future a little bit easier. Last week we started with the statement, I should have seen that coming. That's a way we didn't predict our future. But we're more easily able to say to other people, you should have seen that coming. Well, we continue on with that thought, and we're going to dive into a portion of Scripture today in just a moment. But let's start with this question. How many of you uh, have ever been like, crazy, what is going on, scary, lost? Anybody? Yeah, hands all over the room, hands, I'm sure, at die ball. Like, like, where am I? Where? How did I get here? And I don't mean just directionally, I mean emotionally or relationally. But, but you know, as kids, uh, we, 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 your parents are on the beach and they say, Don't go out too far. Don't go where I can't see you. Don't go where I can't see you. And you say, Okay, mom, man, just let me have fun. Just let me live my life. I'm 10. And you go, you go out into the little, you know, the ocean, and you're swimming. And before you know it, you look up, and what has happened? You can't find your mom on the beach, because either the, the, the you know, that you've just kind of drifted in the ocean. It, 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 it kind of happened to my brother and I on a trip to California years and years and years ago. We caught it on video camera because remember the big old video camera weighed 47 pounds you put on your shoulder and, and you would record it but then you'd get messed up and you'd push record but instead you stop the video and then when you push stop you actually were recording. Anybody ever did that? Uh, my dad was doing that and he was walking over to my mom and he had the camera like this you know and all the image of the video is just him running around because he thinks it's Stop, but but it's still recording, and he comes up to my mom, and all you see is her 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 toes on the beach, and she's like, Terry, where are the kids? He's like, Well, honey, I don't no, I told you to give it on. Them. It was fantastic family movies. It just so I told you, where are they? Well, I, I would I would not have taken a nap had you not just, you know, here you are just doing your own thing with that video camera. You care more about that video camera than you do your own kids. True story. Not that he cared more, but true story, my mom was like that. But let me help you if you've ever been lost or as a kid or even as, as an adult. There's some truths about it. There's kind of an art to it. The, the, the art of lostness kind of looks like this. First one is this uh, we, we, we never get lost on purpose. Um, you know, kids say, I'm fine, Mom, it'll be okay. Can I go grab, no, keep where you can see me and I can see you. And before you know it, there's something that is alluring or you take the wrong turn and all of a sudden you're you're at Disney or you're at Six Flags, Like, where are the kids, where are the kids, where are the kids? And, and you're looking, it's, it's not a purposeful thing, it just kind of happens. And not just with kids in an amusement park, many times people, they, they say, how did we drift so far apart? How did our marriage get here? No, nobody gets lost on purpose. It just slowly, going a certain direction over time, you find yourself at the destination that direction takes you. Here's another reality about the art of lostness uh, we're lost before, we know we're lost. I I wish there was a mechanism like GPS where it goes recalculating. That just in the middle of making some decisions or drifting away, you know, in, in marriage or financially or you name it, that something would just, you know, recalculating. Now, that's part of what we're doing every Sunday as we start the new week. There's a, there's a, there's a portion of giving glory to God and worshiping him together at Timber Creek and whatever church you may attend normally. There's, a, there's a, also a recalculating moment that, that, that takes place. Now, sometimes we say, na, 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 nah, I got this. GPS is wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I, could, I know where I'm going. Recalculating, uh, wouldn't it be great if we could do that in just in the middle of that, that spat or that fight or that decision that was recalculating that take place? And here's the, the truth of the art of lostness. We wind up where the road we're on ends up. I mean, whatever road you're on, you're going to end up where that road goes. And, and, and that's so simple to understand. It's like, yeah, Duh. Like that's a duh, Captain, obvious moment. But here's here's the the issue with driving versus living life. And, and write it down. Driving is more obvious than living. It's just more obvious when the terrain changes. When you pull up and it says you have arrived, and you look and you were supposed to be at you know the the mall in Houston, and instead you're 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 in front of of something else that you didn't expect to like like where? How did I? Get here. Living is a little bit less obvious than driving. That's why we began to talk about last week the principle of the path. A principle that that applies itself to you whether you know the principle or not, whether you apply it or not, uh, whether you want it in your life or not. The principle of the path applies itself to you. And it's so simple. It's so simple. A caveman can follow it. Here it is. Direction determines destination. Direction determines your destination. And here are areas, financially, professionally, relationally, morally, in your ethics, spiritually, marriage Like, it's all, it's all there. Direction determines destination. And we say, you're right. You're right. And that's so true. Uh-huh. Amen. But then we live in this tension. We live in this disconnect of reality, write these down, there is a disconnect between intention and direction. Like where our brains unplug and we, we we say that, I mean, I've heard this as a pastor. I've heard all of these statements about, well, I intend to, or that that's, that was my intention, or I had every intention to do it this way, but then I don't know, I don't know how it happened that I came over here. Well, it was because... Because direction trumps intention every time. Direction always wins. Where you're headed is gonna determine where you find yourself versus where you wish you were headed. I intend to have a strong, I intend to marry a strong Christian guy who's got great character, who doesn't just say he's a Christian, but he acts like a Christian. I want him he loves me and respects, respects me. Uh, he's just a strong... In the meantime, though, I'm on a date, have fun. Who cares? He's cute, you know. Oh. I know, he's he, you know, he's a little rough around the edges. But those eyes, though. Uh. I intend for us to be a strong family unit, to know each other, to love each other, to have each other's back, to trust each other, to live in unity. But 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 in the meantime you're going to do your thing, I'm going to do mine, I'm going to work, you're going to do this, we're going to spend our time. We're not really going to have any kind of of, uh, time together because we're all so busy running here and there and everywhere. Um, I do intend us to be strong and unified. Um, You know, I've got the intention to someday be debt-free and and, and have more money at the end of the month instead of more month left at the end of the money. I intend it to, to be debt-free sometime and get rid of that credit card debt. But in the meantime, tonight we dine like kings. We intend our kids to be raised in church. We understand that my, I, I'm the, I am the spiritual authority in my kid's life, whether I want to assume that or not. That's my responsibility as a parent. I'm the spiritual authority. I don't have all the answers, so I'm so thankful to have a partnership in a local church that has a kids' ministry geared towards sharing the message of Jesus and the word of God in a language that a kid gets. I'm so thankful for that. We intend to have our kids raised in church, but in the meantime, we're just so busy on the weekends, and life is so busy, it's like, Sunday's the only time to really, like, like grocery shop or do the chores around the house or just like be lazy or man or or be a part of this or a part of that. So it's like someday, someday, someday we intend to make sure. I want a great relationship with my husband where we look at each other and it's still the spark. And the sparkle. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But in the meantime, my kids are my number one priority, and whatever they say, I got to do. And, like, you know, I know that we need to have time together, but, like, uh, you know, Billy still needs to learn his vocabulary words. <laughs> and he does. And he does. Okay? Graham needs to learn. I mean, Billy. Billy needs to learn his vocabulary words. Okay. I, uh, I intend to be a generous with my finances. I'm going to get, you know what, I get that promotion. I get that new job. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be generous. Um, in the meantime, though, like, uh, I'm just going to do what I can do with all the stuff that's coming at me. I intend to have a rock-solid faith. You know, just praying down here with a, with a couple this morning in between services, um, dealing with a, a scary report from the doctors. And uh, the husband said, you know, this is the time where we've got we've to come back and, and hang on to the faith we have. And those are true words. Um, when we intend to have a rock-solid faith, but in the meantime, we're just going to kind of live and enjoy life and carpe diem, just seize it, just, just, you know, live it up. When the bottom falls out, you will, you will draw on the faith you have. You'll, you'll, you'll draw on the faith you have. And that won't be the time to build faith. That's the time you're withdrawing faith. See? See? intentions are trumped by direction here's the deal i want you to know this the bible says that it. it's so true you're unique you're unique but you know what else the bible says your path is not you are unique made in the image of god but the path you're on the challenges you face the situations you've been through that marriage obstacle like it is not it is not unique Paths happen to all of us. They, they, they shape themselves in, in different ways, but, but there are challenges nonetheless. And it rains challenges down upon righteous people. And life rains challenges down on unrighteous people. And 900 years before Jesus was born, there were Proverbs being written by the third king of Israel. King Saul was the first, King David was the second, and then one of David's sons, Solomon, was the third king of the nation of Israel. Uh, Solomon wrote several of the proverbs we have out of the 31 proverbs in your Bible, um, in particular the one we're gonna focus on, and Solomon is known uh, and and mentioned in the word of God. I'm not saying it, God's saying it through his word that he was the wisest man who ever lived. On paper, the guy was wise, he had brilliance soar through the pen, authored by Solomon, inspired by the breath of God, and he was book smart. How many of you have ever met a book smart guy that then they lived it out not so smart? That's Solomon. Wisest man who ever lived, but he was also an idiot a time or ten. He was. And he learned from some crazy mistakes he made. And this, there's a chapter Named uh, in your Bible, there's these headings of different of different uh, pieces of scripture, and this one is like um, warnings about an adulterous woman. That's that's the warning. Warnings about an adulterous woman. Um, I, I would just add add a, a fresh name to it and say uh, the the, the chapter is about looming disaster in a seemingly simple diversion. And Solomon has gathered a group of, like, high school boys, okay? These aren't adults. These aren't married men. They are high school guys. Young guys. Probably not even, probably more like 13, 14, so young high school, all right? And he's sharing wisdom with these young bucks. He is having a small group with these teenage boys. And it's in this chapter that named after warnings against an adulterous woman that there's incredible, healthy, uh, God-given, just divine words of wisdom, no matter what path you're on, it's just healthy. There's two characters in this story that Solomon shares. There's a naive young man and there's a seductive married woman. Some of you know both. Now, I wanna say to you women, not, this doesn't mean that all, all married women are seductive, seductresses. And I'm, not say, and I'm saying to you guys that not all guys are naive. Actually, I am. I am saying most young guys are naive. It just is what it is. Um, uh, but but, but here's, here's how the story unfolds. The narrator begins to share about this naive young man. And the narrator says, at the window of my house, he's talking to this high school group of guys, I look down through the lattice. And I saw among the simple, the people that said, ah, life's just kind of what you make it. Life is just what it is. Case sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. Tonight, we're just going to live it up. The simple. I noticed among the young men a youth who lacked what? Judgment. A youth who lacked judgment. Judgment comes to us. Not through osmosis. It doesn't come through us. Uh, sometimes it can be a divine gift, a spiritual, like a gift of discernment. But most judgment comes from these two things. It's not in your notes, but you may want to write it down: time and experience. The best way to learn good judgment is through time and experience. This is why the older you get, usually—not all the time—but the older you get, usually, the smarter your parents were. The older you get, like the younger you are, let me live my life, mom. You understand? It's 2019. Just let me live my life. But the older they're like, thank you for not letting me live my life. Like thank you for some guardrails. Th- th- thank you for like disciplining me. Thank you for saying you knucklehead. What are you thinking? Thanks for having hard conversations. Like the older you get, those people that maybe you push, like you kind of stiff-armed, you say, wow, you were a little smarter than I thought. Next week I'm going to talk about how on the pathway, when we're, when we're attracted to certain things, and they're good things, they don't even have to be bad things, that our, our defenses go down and our defensiveness goes up. All right, next week, we're going to talk about how our defenses are lowered when there's appealing things on the path and our defensiveness. Ah, you, know, I, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. This is what's happening at this young, naive man on the road that's going to lead him somewhere crazy. He lacked judgment. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. And it wasn't just in the middle of the day, it was the right timing. It was at twilight as the day was fading. He said bye to his friends there at Chipotle. He said, ah, I'm just going to go on a walk. Uh, they, got, they got a certain amount of uh, breath, they got a certain kind of breath mints over at the gas station down there at that, at that street corner. That's a kind of a long ways. That's a little bit of a seedy area. You're just going to get breath mints. Nah, it's no big deal. I'm just going to walk that way. As the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. And you've got the naive young man, and you've got the narrator, and there's a soundtrack going on during this story. The naive young man has a soundtrack in his head. This is the narrator's. Both seeing the same thing, both experiencing the same thing in a completely different way. All right, thank you, because here comes Jaws. Out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She's unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home now in the street, now in the square, at every corner. So do you see the progression? Do you see the progression of this pathway? It just seems like a diversion. It's just some free time. He's just a young man. He's just a young man. He's just living life. He's got hormones. But do you see the progression? She's in the street. No, no, no. Now she's in the squares. No, no, no. She's at every corner. This isn't a story. This isn't a story about sexual temptation alone. This is a story about about having good intentions and hoping that maybe you can just have good intentions and follow the wrong path and end up where you hope to end up. That's what this story is about. And here's what happened. She took him. She kissed him. With a brazen face. Brazen means bold without any shame. Some of you thought that was bronzen, bronzer face. No, that's like a sun-kissed reflection Uh, it's it's not that with a brazen shameless bold face she kisses him and she says now this is where the the, it gets a little pg-13 okay so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna scare any moms and dads that got little ones here but just let me just it gets a little a little spicy it gets a little bothered it gets a little hot and bothered here because she says hey today i feel filled my vows And I have food from my fellowship offering at home. Oh, snap! What does that even mean? (laughs) I do not understand your pickup line. Well, we don't make much sense out of it because, uh, well it's not the culture we live in but in this in this culture that Solomon's talking about it's a jewish culture israeli culture and there were certain responsibilities at the temple in order for cleansing this is why jesus is so important in this story cuz jesus is the ultimate sacrifice the ultimate vow of love the ultimate offering given and here's where i need to kind of challenge some of us you know the idea of getting my praise on on Sunday morning, or the idea of coming to church, we have we, designed this church to where people that were uncomfortable with church would feel more comfortable. It doesn't mean that um, that we want to take out the truth of Scripture and let everybody just kind of live that way. One, no, you you can't you, you you can't attend a service and if you walk away if you walk away thinking that you you've not been listening. But I I do I do want to challenge us that sometimes we can feel so good. You know that the Sunday morning experience is designed to lift us up. It's designed to give to, 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 to fill our tank. That sometimes we can go through that process, but then when it comes to the choices we make out there, we become like this woman. Where the way we the way we want to live. We talk about and listen about and take notes on the back of the worship guide about on a Sunday morning. But then the direction we take is is a different direction in our relationships, in our attitudes, in our purity, in our desires and what keeps us up at night. Like, I want to say to you, this is religious talk from the woman. I've done my deed. I gave my offering I I, I fulfilled my vows. I emptied my sin bucket basically. Now let's partay all night. I got my praise on. Now, let's go. And then Sunday, I can always ask the Lord to forgive me again because, you know, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. But that's not really, that's not all he is. Um, He's not just a father that, He's like the narrator saying, Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't don't tease yourself like that. Don't don't kid yourself. There's more to, to knowing God than Sunday morning and then living however Monday through Saturday. You still with me so far? So this woman shows up and she says, Whoa, I came out to meet you. It's personal. I, I looked for you, nobody else, and I have found. You. You know how special this has got to make this guy feel? He, he, he's, thinking, he's thinking to himself, he's thinking to himself, I'm one in a million. I'm one in a million. But the narrator, he's saying to himself, no, you're one of a million. You're one of a million. She goes on and lays it on thick. She goes, "Hey, I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. This is a, a swanky place. This is not, this is not just you know, a quick kind of thing. We're gonna, we're gonna head out to the, to the penthouse suite. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon." You know, in the ancient times like this, everything stank. It just is what it is. Like, everything stank. Like, there was not the kind of hygiene you and I are accustomed to. Like, stuff smelled bad. Okay? Tra- like, tr- trash systems and, and systems for, uh, you know, sewer, all those things were somewhat in place, but it wasn't a perfect situation. Still isn't. <laughs> My kids... I got him up early yesterday. You know what I've done? You know what's a great punishment? Fill up something and take and take it to the dump. If you work at the dump, no offense, please, but but like. I, I, a great punishment. I didn't mean to punish him, but now I found a perfect punishment. Is we, we've moved into a house, had a lot of boxes, some leftover stuff. I, I take the trailer full to to the dump the other day, and um, when we got there, I said, "Kids, you're gonna help me." Like we're going to the dump. This is kind of cool. Like at first they're like, "Okay, let's check it out," and and so we got there, and it was wet and it was soppy, and uh, you, you you know you know the guy who was uh, unloading a, a load there in, in a big uh, dump truck. Um, he said, "Hey, next time just bring a dry." sheet and just kind of put it in your shirt like this, and you just go, I said, no, take it, <laughs> and he also said, and bring Walmart sacks for your shoes, because my shoes, I'm telling you, our whole inside of our car, because it was wet and stuff, whole inside of the car smelled like the Angelina landfill um, after we, we left, so a few weeks later, well, yesterday to be exact, I said, hey, kids, come with me, we're going to go clean out. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to go, we got some chores to do. And both of them said, we're not going to the dump, are we? And here's what I said. You don't lie to your kids. I said, we're going to go take some stuff to the storage unit, and then we're going to go clean out the apartment complex. And I don't, you know, who, who, I, there's going to be a lot of things we do today. So then when we start going towards the dump, they're looking around. Wait a second, we're lost. Wait, recalculating, recalculating. They threw the biggest stupid temper tantrum yesterday, calling mom on FaceTime, make him sit, make him turn around. And Janet's like, turn around, honey. They don't want to go to the dump. I said, these kids are going to the (laughs) dump. They went, they stayed inside. It was so windy yesterday. I'm throwing stuff off the thing. It's hitting me in the head. (laughs) All upset with my kids, how quickly... They could have helped me. They just left me out there. <laughs> what in the world am I talking about? Stuff in ancient times stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't just a proposition that that sounds sexy. This is this is just a reprieve from the everyday. This is a reprieve. This is this is just like an invitation to a better place, uh, comfortable, enjoyable. Not just something that's that's hormonal, but it's 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 just it's it feel it's 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 like it's going to be satisfying she says come let's drink deeply of love till morning let's enjoy ourselves with love and she must read his mind because the very next scripture she says no 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 i know look my my husband is not at home okay my husband's not home he's gone on a long journey we got plenty of time we don't have to rush He has taken his purse filled with money. Now, again, you got to understand ancient times. That could be completely misunderstood in today's culture. So in the New American Standard Bible, he's taken a bag of money with him and will not be back till full moon. Do you know that sometimes you can do the wrong thing and not immediately do you have the the, the consequences to that wrong action? Sometimes you do the wrong thing and everything feels great and everything feels fine. And what we can say to ourselves is when we do the wrong thing and everything feels fine, that it will always stay that way, right? Um, I mean, just because I go on this diversion, I do this right, like everything's going to be fine, isn't it? And what we do is we tell ourselves those things. We persuade ourselves with words like that. It'll be fine. It'll just be this one time. It'll just be, it's okay. That's just between me and God. That's just between me and me. That's just nobody ever. And again, it's, 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 a, it's, it's lying, it's sexual stuff, it's marriage, not telling the exact truth, like those things, oh, Jesus, help all of us avoid this path. Because with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. It was attractive. And the narrator says, all at once, he followed her. And here's to get, to get the picture into these young, naive men's skulls. He gives these different illustrations. He followed her and like an ox going to the slaughter. He didn't even stop there. Like a deer stepping into a noose. He hadn't even made his point. till an arrow pierces his liver. You think he's done no he's not done like a bird darting into a snare like get this boys get it little knowing that this isn't just a midnight rendezvous this is gonna cost him his, his life it's a dangerous dangerous thing and so now he steps out of the illustration and he, he goes like like sometimes I do on a Sunday morning listen up everybody Listen up, lean in, and he says, now, now, then, my sons, listen, pay attention. Don't let your heart turn to her ways." He's not even talking about the physical act because, it's not, because it, didn't start, it didn't start that night at twilight. It, it started earlier on. You know, it's why Jesus comes and he says, I know you've heard it said, do not commit adultery. I say to you, uh, don't even look lustfully at a woman. He's saying, like, if, if, if you're there, you gotta back up and 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 take some precautions because 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 the pathway starts way beyond, way beyond the act. It starts way before it. Listen, be careful of her ways. This wasn't just a diversion. This was a direct this was a direction. Many are the victims she's brought down or slain or a mighty throng. It's so true. Her house is a highway, it's not a destination. Her house isn't a pastime. Her house is a pathway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. You know why counselors are so smart? You know why counselors are so smart? Because sometimes they're just smart. But you know, there's another piece of that. You and I are very predictable. We're very predictable. You're unique. Your path is not And so because of that, here's what we need. We need somebody who can see what we don't see and listen to them. We need somebody who can see what we won't see because we should see it. But instead of seeing it, we say, ah, it's fine. And then later he said, I didn't see that coming because we won't see it. And do you know that God wants to place in your path, friends, Family, a mama, ultimately your heavenly father that sees things you don't see, sees things you won't see. What I'm trying to say, your heavenly father and your mama want you to go down the right direction. They want you to they want you to, to avoid the wrong path because it's not just a diversion, it's not just ah, you know, I guess I'll get that right later on. That's a direction that will lead to a destination every single time. So, back to the principle of the path. We've said it this morning, direction determines destination, but let's, you and I, let's revise it a little bit and let's add two words to this principle. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. The old saying, you know, good intentions, the, the, the way to hell is paved with good intentions. I mean, I'm not even talking about hell here. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking about a, a life that's lived to the fullest um, before eternity. That, 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 you would, that you would pay attention to the pathway you're on. Here's a little little exercise you could do this week. Take the columns there on your study guide, and on the first column to your left, you write the most fun you've had ever, like most fun, good or bad or ugly, money you've wasted, and just kind of make a list. I bet you could, I bet you could think of a, a, a thing or two, huh? Maybe some fun you shouldn't have had, but it was fun, or maybe money you've wasted you shouldn't have wasted, but you wasted it nevertheless, and I want to tell you something. The thing that we have about fun is just a memory of it. You don't even have the same thrill of the fun. The thrill is gone, the memory stays and the thrill is, is gone. It's a temporary deal. Money wasted, that thrill of getting it, but then it's gone after that. And it doesn't completely satisfy. It's a temporary pleasure, but it doesn't give long-term satisfaction. Now look at this one. This is just one issue, one example. Think of the most generous moment that you've ever had. Where you just, you, you thought beyond yourself, you, you, you or you, you as a couple, and, and you just, you had a generous moment. And you're able to bless somebody or some thing, or someone or an organization. And I want you to think of selfless acts. Like, like list a few, where, where I just totally said no to self, and I just did something for someone else. And, and I want to tell you that there is, in the juxtaposition between these two columns... There's there's so much long-term satisfaction in, in selflessness, in generosity. Just so much long-term satisfaction. Here, here's how we describe satisfaction. It's like this. Satisfaction is a result of arriving where you intended to be. I, I want my family raising two kids, a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, a girl and a boy, and and there's a friend of ours that's making something very, very sweet for our home. And it's all these different illustrations. And they were asking all these questions to kind of make this collage of stuff. And, and they asked, what's a, a scripture that you guys like? And there's a scripture that's very aspirant to us. It's, it's not fulfilled yet. It's being fulfilled. But there's a scripture in Third John. It says, my, my greatest joy is to know that my children walk in truth. And, that, and for Janet and I, one of our greatest joys, one of our satisfaction moments that when we hold hands and we watch our kids grow up and they they mature and they live lives and they make their own decisions, that that there's just this certain breath of fresh air knowing that our kids walk in truth. That's that's an aspirant value, but that would lead to satisfaction. I'm going to tell you, our kids could go and make a, a lot of money and do things that are fun and and, and, and get... Get all kinds of stuff like like just live it up, get good degrees. But but the the aha and the ha and the rest and the satisfaction for us long term is gonna be that they would they would walk in truth, the truth of God's word. So for you and I, let's let's finish with some self-reflection. Here we are. What do I want more of? Do I want more of some temporary fun? I'm not trying to be, I'm not, you know, Pastor, you're just trying to get rid of all my fun on this, man. You're just trying to, like I knew if I started coming to church, you'd say, you got to stop having fun and just, just all you can do is laugh at how dumb the devil is if you want to laugh. You know, you, you, no, have a good time. Have fun. But what I'm saying is that there's also, though, some things that we do and some paths we take that are not the path that Christ has for us. It just isn't. That there, he has a better way, a different way. What do I really want more of? What, what says, ah, satisfaction for me? What says satisfaction for our marriage? What says satisfaction for the future? Am I living in the wrong direction in some capacity? Is there a place you're taking that you know, the, the destination? you got to wake up. Somebody's been saying to you, hey, 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 hey. Are you sure about this? I don't know about this. Here's another one. Does my direction line up with my intention? I, I intend... I intend to be this to 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 become this who God says I am. But but now my direction though is leading me th- this way. Is your your direction line up with your intention? But ult- beyond that, everybody, listen. D- does, does my intentions, do they line up with the with Christ's directions? Because your intentions for your life, you may even turn those into directions that will determine your destination. But if those directions aren't Christ-centered, You may enjoy some life, but you won't end where even Jesus intended for you to end. And here's what Jesus says. He doesn't say, try harder, stop it, get better, bite your bottom lip. He doesn't doesn't do that. He simply simply says it like this. Hey, walk with me. You want to know the pathway? Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. You may experience pain. You will hurt. You will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm with you. He says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In another section of Scripture, Jesus says it like this. I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Not just an everyday life, an abundant life life. The Apostle Paul who wrote more scripture than than, than, than uh, uh, more books of the New Testament than any other author. He says it like this, hey, I've learned what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the, the what? The secret of being content. Oh, what's the secret? What's the secret? Give me the formula. Give me the formula. If I do this plus this plus this, will this mean it? No, no, no. Here's what Paul basically said was the secret Do what Jesus said. Walk with me. Keep company with him. Know know him. uh, It's not just going to church. It's it's like knowing Jesus. I've known the secret of being content. And so really, Jesus' invitation to us is this. Follow me, but not just follow me. Follow me to an abundant life. An abundant life. I can just imagine that naive young man. I don't know if I'll ever get this chance again. You're looking at me. Huh? Me? You sure? Me? She's attracted to me. She's prepared for me. I'm special. I'm I'm valued. I'm wanted. I feel, I don't know. It's it's nice to be wanted. The narrator's trying to say, there's a whole lot of things in life that will give you a temporary fulfillment. But it won't give you long-term satisfaction. Follow me. Close your eyes with me this morning. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Maybe you're here and you've had some good intentions. But the direction you're on is not leading you to the place you want to. that is not just by biting your bottom lip and saying, bless God, I'm going to recalculate. It's surrendering to Jesus as your guide. In fact, we've said this like, Jesus, be with me as I do this, as I do, Jesus, be with me. And I want to challenge all of us that we we would be praying, Jesus, I want to be with you. Wherever you lead me Where we surrender where Jesus wants to lead Versus asking Jesus to be where we are So Jesus would you lead us where You want us to go God we Surrender to you today If you're here and you found yourself down the wrong path And you want to recalibrate You need to invite Jesus to get you back on The right path today If that's you would you just put a hand up I want to pray with you Wrong path sheep and go astray. The guy holding the microphone today is not perfect. I've strayed, made mistakes. But I also know Jesus has been so faithful to redirect, to forgive. In your own words, you say, Jesus, I surrender. something I do on Sundays. I want you to be my guide and my my Father in heaven and be my Lord and Savior. Father, for those that we know that are lost, that we see it, but they can't see it. We, we see it, but they won't see it. Would you give us the right way to love and the right way to lead and the right way to share us your force thank you that even today we get to recalibrate and refocus our hearts on you in jesus name we pray and everybody said a strong amen come on would you stand where you are everybody in the room just stand where you are let's give it up for those that are praying a prayer today that they're wanting to recalibrate their life and offer it to the lord would you just put your hands together for those people today